This is our final Avengers episode, so oh. I had to bust them out here one last time. Excellent. My Avengers fruit snacks. Now I know everybody on here. We got T'Challa. I know him. Mm -hmm. King of Wakanda. What's going on? We got Iron Man. He's going down first. Yes. Yes. No spoilers on who's the hero. Who's uh, who's blue? That's that's Cap. As it should be. That was just the curious. best flavor. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's the it's that milky blue too, right? Not the translucent mm -hmm. blue. Oh. yeah, like the Scooby Doo fruit snacks. Scooby Doo Scooby snacks, absolutely. Yeah, it looks like T'Challa is grape. Okay, Emily's least favorite. Thor is the lemon with the helmet too, huh? Or is mm -hmm. it okay? Yeah, the really like regal helmet. Yeah, yeah, the helmet we only get to see in the first like opening scene of Thor one. Mm hmm. Only one blue. Only one orange too. Black Widow. Same color as the stone, huh? Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah, there were four Thors in here. It's like he. Didn't return a stone properly or something. And we got some splits in the timelines here. Yeah, or, one cat, but four Thors. He pulled. Uh, he pulled Mjolnir out of the Thor two timeline. They probably lost the battle against the Dark Elves, and they reclaimed the ether. That's a great point. I will say the lemons are really good. You know, like lemon can be hit or miss with some gummies. Mm -hmm. Like lemon Skittles don't really taste like lemon to me. I feel like lemon lime has a strong lime flavor on the Skittles, but the lemon is just kind of. Meh. When they changed it to green apple, that's when I quit eating Skittles. They changed it to green apple? Hello, you are listening to Perlustration, a podcast where we take on movie universes. This episode, we are discussing the 2019 film Avengers Endgame, again directed by Anthony and Joe Russo. Spoiler warning for this film, as well as the first 21 MCU films. We will try not to spoil any future movies or any future plot points. Lucas, what are your thoughts on Avengers 4? This one is is heavy. It's it's probably the movie I've seen the least, maybe apart from Guardians 2, uh, because I, I just can't bear to watch it very often. Uh, that is not to say it's a bad movie. It is absolutely fantastic, and I get chills, and it takes me for a ride all three times that I've seen it now. But uh, I just can't bear, bear to put it on anymore because I get so sad at the sad parts, and the happy parts aren't happy enough to compensate, you know? But uh, mm -hmm. upon the most recent viewing in preparation for this pod, I, I really did try to focus more on kind of what was going on, like take a step back essentially. Uh, and this movie is just a, it's just a banger. It it knocks it out of the park. There's there are a few nitpicks, and you know time travel movies do get a little weird sometimes. Um, and I think this one does a pretty good job of not doing a hand wavy. It just works time travel explanation. Mm-hmm for the most part um and all in all solid yeah I, I love a good time travel story and i think that 
this film does the genre justice. You know, I, I especially like in time traveling films when you revisit places you've been in stories past, like you right. get in Back to the Future 2 when he goes back to 1955 for a second time, or like in Harry Potter 3 when they see themselves. Yes, yeah, so you get a different angle. It's like, is that what? Is that how I stand? Do I need to stand up straighter? Like they see themselves from the back and yeah, I love them. I love it too. Same here. And and this is kind of similar to Back to the Future, but not exactly the same. Like in Back to the Future, you basically have like your one main timeline and then it can branch out if like time travel interferes, basically. And once time travel interferes, it affects everything. But in this one, as long as you keep things as is, it doesn't create a split. Right. And whatever happened, happened. You can't go back and like not be a place unless you're killed, like in Nebula's case. And mm -hmm. that creates a new timeline right there. Exactly. That decision specifically is going to split off. And it's kind of like a multiverse type <laughs> of situation for... Huh. Uh... Where have I heard that before? <laughs> yes, this is exactly... The only way that this can make sense is the multiverse theory and that you time travel is number one possible uh, but if you go back and change something you don't change your future you don't change the future you came from you create a new timeline that splits off and is now its own the different future that you were hopefully intending to create at that point mm -hmm. so everything branches off and it's that it's the the multiverse theory that every decision you know if you if you choose to go left instead of right you've just created two multiverses like the um community episode where they roll the die and they split into seven different timelines and this is the darkest right. timeline that whole thing um that that's exactly it comes back in the room's on fire <laughs> yes <laughs> that's that gif yeah it's yep. from that episode yes getting nitpicky pretty quickly like with time travel and there's a lot of different ways the story could have gone like we could have theoretically had a gauntlet versus gauntlet showdown where they then brought their gauntlet back into that final battle and then all of a sudden there would have been six infinity stones at the same time in two gauntlets and uh, two 12 12 stones right thank you i don't even know what i said but uh you said the correct number there a dozen if you will and uh that could i don't know make the universe fold in on itself i nobody does the time travel as far as we're Concerned as humans hasn't been invented yet. Stephen Hawking uh, theoretically proved it. Uh, it has not been invented ever. Or will be. Theoretically, he proved it. So, uh... Well, what do you mean? He held a, he held a party for time travelers and uh, didn't invite anybody until after it happened. Nobody showed up. I mean, that's, that's one test. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying, though. I, but I would say, like, this... The story does just enough time travel to make you buy into it, but yeah, it doesn't get too weighed down with the paradoxes involved with time travel, even right. like that we've seen in Tenet most recently. They talk about the different paradoxes involved there, and that film is even like shrug emoji, you know, like mm -hmm. who knows? Mm -hmm. And so I like that this film did it, but I did not see it coming. I guess I should also mention that. I ah. maybe considered time travel involved once Strange went through all those possibilities. That's when it entered my mind, but I thought that it was going to be through the time stone. Mm, I see, I see. So, so we do have, we've already seen time travel in a sense in the MCU with the time stone. Like when 
Strange's first playing with it. He eats the apple, spins it back, goes forward, you know, and then his whole time loop with Dormammu. So, like, time travel exists as a concept in the MCU, just as it as exists in a concept in our reality. But um, you're right that when whenever he goes and sees the 14 million different um, realities or whatever, that to me instantly said multiverse. Like, how you achieve or how you travel between timelines or whatever, um, I guess kind of was secondary to me, but... I, I want to know what happens in every other, well, in every other 14,604,000 timelines, Thanos wins, right? So maybe I don't want to go to those timelines. <laughs> yeah, tough look for those timelines whenever they reach that point. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that's kind of what's going on, though, in the comics, too, right? There's different stories with the same characters sometimes simultaneously going, but they're on different worlds or in different universes or things like that, right? Yep. Exactly. There's Earth 2, there's Earth 616, there's, you know, all kinds of different Earths that are parallel. And then there's the Ragnarok timeline that happened where Asgard is gone, but then there are still comics that happen as if Asgard is still around, you know. So it's, it all it all works with the multiverse theory. And, and I think Marvel does a really good job of keeping them straight. And so if you're, if you're trying to do the Agnarok, Agnarok. <laughs> If you're trying to do the Asgard is still around in the present time, i.e. I. Ragnarok hasn't happened, never happened or hasn't happened yet, they do a very good job of keeping track of, you know, is Thor's mom alive in this timeline? Or, you know, they do a very good job of keeping those things straight. And so you, as long as you stay within this lane, you, you everything makes sense and, and is coherent. And then then there's the obvious crossovers that, that happen. But yeah, Marvel does a really good job of it. Well, what are some moments like in this MCU specific, like previous moments that you had to stay silent about that you wanted to point out a connection at the time? This is a good, I mean, we've basically, this is the end of phase three, correct? And now they're about to begin phase four. Yeah, exactly. So technically Spider-Man Far From Home is the last phase three movie, but it really, it feels like this is the end and Spider-Man Far From Home is like the post-credit scene for phase three understood okay so what are some moments oh man if i had to think back first of all many any of the times that loki died you know i I had to keep quiet for those but and then we get the real loki grabs the tesseract and just straight up disappears part of that that's a don't know if that's going to be an alternate branch or if we're going to revisit that but i suspect um that scene is a, a the the aftermath of that scene is coming soon to a disney plus near you I am thinking the same thing, and I can't wait. Me either. Uh, maybe maybe we can do that season here on Pearl Illustration. We'll, we'll see. It, okay, so Loki, you had to stay mum on. What are, what are some other things? Let's see. Well, the whole Cap Peggy timeline. Um, you know, mm, yeah, and my love for Peggy. And yeah. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> and, well, it's so obviously the Black Widow part, too. Anytime you're hyping up Black Widow, I'm like, ah. <laughs> but worth the hype. For A sure. real one. She was an a real absolute one. real one. I mean, she was holding. Uh, we'll get into it here. The team together for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I I do have one more thing. I thought the that there would be more MCU like character meetup stuff in this one, similar to Infinity War. I know I didn't say that very eloquently, but you mean like the uh, uh, Cap and Thor reunite, and he says, "Nice beard." Oh, you got a haircut. That part, like that type of scene. 
yeah, not only that, but like, like in this one, I thought, you know, we would get even more interaction, like with all these characters, like it seemed like the majority of them kind of came out at the very end and we got to see everybody in frame and that's a really cool five minutes, but I wanted to just jump around a little bit more and I know they couldn't, you right. know, because everybody was dust for the most part that wasn't a part of the heist. Right. And so right. I, I wish I would have known that, I guess, maybe watching Infinity War. That this, this is, is like all you the get. last time. <laughs> yeah, that it's going to be like all of them together and like you're really having all these moments. And, and this film obviously had a lot to do. So I'm not like saying it did that poorly. I guess I just expected a little bit more of that. So I was a little disappointed mm-hmm. in that specific instance. Yeah, you, you would have liked to see a lot more of the, the 50% that got snapped. You know, I wanted to see more Spider-Man and Black Panther and and Bucky, Bucky, Sam, yeah, exactly. Like all all of them that got snapped, um, we only get the last. Well, it is an hour, almost an hour of the movie that that we do get, but it's still, it really feels like the end of the movie that they come in. Mm-hmm. It's just a really long movie. There's a lot going on, and I feel like, of course, I would have loved to see it, see more of those characters, but. I hesitate to say happy with what we got because it makes me crazy, crazy sad to watch those, all those scenes. But what we got, I think, is all is all well deserved. All of the emotional weight, every character's, every major character's arc has was like neatly tied up in this in this movie. I couldn't agree more, and I do not want to dwell on it because I can only imagine how other outlets who have covered similar types of things have dug into this idea but looking at this ending relative to star wars and game of thrones kind of the two other big properties of that decade that were coming to these big conclusions those two like just totally missed the landing like that's true really really disappointed their fan base and Disappointed those who had invested so much time and energy into these characters and stories. And Endgame is not in that bag. Like, Endgame stuck the landing. It may not be a 10 out of 10 with every judge holding up a 10, but, like, they didn't one-hop it or anything. They stuck the landing, they put their arms up, and I really have to commend them for that because I, I, you got to imagine millions of people at this point have been involved in the MCU at some level or another for sure and for it all to like conclude in a satisfying way and to be done on time i know like looking back now because i can at the history i can see that they changed some titles of films at some points and like pushback dates but like the fact that they got this basically all done within a decade is just unbelievable so shout out to like everybody involved because it it really makes it rewarding, and I'm like very willing to rewatch this series now. Absolutely, because I know it has a satisfying ending that pays off all of these moments that build up to it. That's exactly what I was gonna say. The rewatchability, which is why it rates so highly in my ranking. But the the two other series that you you mentioned, Star Wars and Game of Thrones, I have seen the last chunk of Star Wars just basically the one time that it was in theaters, or maybe once since then, but it kind of soured Star Wars after the fact. I don't go back and watch the movies very often. Mandalorian, Clone Wars kind of exists on their own in this regard because they are so well done and kind of exist separately. But 
I just don't really enjoy watching Star Wars anymore now that I like after I know what happens and how kind of dumb the ending is. And Game of Thrones is the exact same. I used to watch I, I watched every season as it came out and I used to watch all the seasons in preparation for the new season that was about to come out. So I have seen season one eight times at least and season two and so on. And since season eight, I attempted to start rewatching it and I couldn't get past season one again. It's just, I, I just can't do it anymore. I have not come back and watched one episode of Game <laughs> of Thrones since the very final episode. And I haven't honestly really thought about it that much. And I don't think that the MC, I think the MCU will stick with me in a different type of way. Sure. And when, when you're mentioning Star Wars there, I think like the easiest thing to point out to people is like, look how Star Wars ruined Luke Skywalker. Like one of the best heroes, kind of like the hero when we talk about the hero's journey and the archetype that people point to. For sure. There's like, watch A New Hope and you'll see what a real hero is. And they ruined him. And then we have Tony Stark, on the other hand, our kind of original hero here. And look how that arc finishes and pays off. And look at all the moments that build up to it. It's just, it's night and day. And Mm -hmm. if that doesn't like get the point across that we're trying to make here we're we're not here to not like the other stuff we're just here to celebrate the mcu today but absolutely i, I still like star wars i just can't yes. go back and watch it very much and i still like game of thrones except season eight and i just can't go back and watch it you know yeah it just uh this really nailed the landing so shout out to you mcu absolutely we're gonna get to our six infinity stones not 12 just six <laughs> uh after a word from our sponsor This episode is brought to you by Mammoth Coolers. As summer is here, it's the perfect time to step up your cooler game. And there's no better option than Mammoth. They make the best coolers since the Ice Age. I time traveled back there myself. I checked out all the coolers they had. I would say Mammoth makes better ones than even they had then. So they should probably claim more. They should be the best coolers of all time. Yeah, better than the Ice Age. All the, all the timelines included. Where'd you get the pin particles? Did you get them from 1970 or from 2018? I can't tell you that, Lucas. Ah, dang it. Mammoth icebergs are stainless steel reusable drink chillers. Think of them like space age ice cubes. Ha ha ha. Built with 18-8 kitchen grade stainless steel and nanotech, nope, and insulated with high tech thermal gel. They will keep your drink cold up to two hours on a single freeze. The best part is the icebergs won't water down your drink and are completely reusable. Thor, all those Bloody Marys, use some icebergs. I thought he drank, uh, I thought he drank white Russians. He did, but he asks for a Bloody Mary there when Tony offers him some eggs and everything after his ether speech. Yep. Fantastic stuff. Uh, All Mammoth products are backed by a lifetime warranty and shipped to the 48 continental United States. Visit mammothcooler.com. That's M-A-M-M-O-T-H-C-O-O-L-E-R.com to order and use the offer code BEGONIAFM, all one word at checkout to get 10% off your order. Make sure to use that code to let Mammoth know you came from us. Thanks to Mammoth for sponsoring this episode and all of Begonia FM.
Okay, six infinity stones time. Our first stone here is the after snap. Or the snapter math. Or the snapter math. <laughs> Picking up kind of where Infinity War left off. Mm -hmm. Basically, we see Hawkeye's family disappearing, like his last moments with his family. Heartbreaking. Super sad. A couple little Easter eggs going on there. He calls his daughter Hawkeye. He's also wearing the same ankle bracelet as Scott was, showing that he's mm -hmm. on house arrest. He just has a much bigger property. For sure. He's got, like, acres, man. Yeah, he's playing chess while Scott's playing checkers. He's like, yeah. okay, you're going to put me on house arrest? This is my land. True, true. Smart guy. Uh, and then we also we see Nebula and Tony. Real quick about Hawkeye, that the Hawkeye scene. Because this movie takes such a toll on me I, I don't i didn't look into this movie at all like outside of outside of watching it and in a little bit of research after the fact um you know basically today and yesterday but you actually told me something about this movie or this plus infinity war that i didn't know that this scene hawkeye's family disappearing was originally scripted or originally written as the final scene in infinity war the post snap mm -hmm. it was snap hawkeye we don't see anybody disappearing except for Hawkeye's family or, you know, but we don't see Spider-Man and we don't see Black Panther disappearing or anything like that. It's just snap Hawkeye credits. How would you have felt at that time watching that? I feel like it's so hard to, it's so hard to think about this with, with hindsight, but like it's, it seems like that would be so much more jaw dropping. Like what we got was jaw dropping. Don't get me wrong. Like, it was so shocking to see, but then, but you understand what's happening. You know what I mean? And I feel like mm -hmm. if, if we would have gotten this, it was snap and then Hawkeye, we would have been losing our minds, not knowing, not understanding, not wondering what's happening, what's going on. Mm -hmm. I'm glad they didn't. I don't think I could have handled it. I didn't even handle what happened very well in in the moment, but <laughs> I don't think I could have handled that suspense because it was like a year that we had to go so sure yeah Ooh, gives me gives me the anxiety sweats just thinking about it <laughs> <laughs> i think it would have made it hard to or difficult at least to have a like a campaign for end game if there was that much unknown like putting a trailer together and things like that that is the internet can really dig into stuff like that that's true especially with 4k video streams and freeze framing and zooming in on everything and they do edit these trailers for like tell like they change scenes like for the trailer and for the film so that people can't do that. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. I'm not the type of person that does that. I'll pause, but I I'm not like taking screen grabs and zooming in and trying to read stuff, but from a marketing point of view, you know, cut, cutting a trailer, I mean, there's all this I I don't know a ton about the movie industry, but it feels like there's a lot of like tradition involved in you've got to have the trailer released eight months and three days before the release date and then you got to have the teaser three weeks before that you know like there's this very regimented schedule and in some standalone movies maybe a sequel probably benefits a lot from that i don't know if endgame needed it we're 23 movies 22 movies in at this point do you do you really need? I think you just need posters and tweets from the celebrities or from the actors, like, and then they could they could have gotten a lot gotten away with a lot more mystery because they didn't need to generate hype. There's already hype for this movie. 
Do you agree? Interesting. Um, it's tough for me to say. Yeah, I wasn't it, too plugged into it. I'm not a marketing genius or anything, but like, I feel like some things like you don't have to advertise um, that the Super Bowl is coming. You know what I mean? We know it's coming every year. Sure. It doesn't hurt, though. I don't know. If you are a marketing genius out there, email the show, please. We'd love to know how like effective that you guys think those campaigns are. But let's keep it moving here. We got Nebula and Tony. They're in outer space. Mm-hmm. And we have a really sweet moment where Nebula wins a competition. Like Tony's like, you win. And you can just like see almost she's surprised and taken back. It's so sweet. She's never won anything ever because every competition she's fought Gamora and lost and then gotten torn apart and rebuilt. Yeah. And, and we're seeing uh, Tony's flicking skills there early on too. They'll come in I handy come... later. Mm-hmm. But then we get Carol showing up basically like a god in this universe. I don't understand her powers and it kind of frustrates me to be honest. Like, Seems like she can just kind of do anything at any point. But in any case, I was super happy to see her show up. She takes them back down to Earth, and we kind of have this meeting where everyone tries to put together a plan one last time. Yeah. We get Skinny Tony. Not Skinny Steve, Skinny Tony. Kind of weird. It's it's jarring. But, I mean, he hasn't really eaten in three weeks, so. Impressive. Tony's a real fighter. But, and then also, like, like he really did it. Like, Thanos eliminated 50% of all life. Like, if you eliminated 50% of the pandas, you basically just sent them to extinction. I mean, they're already right there, like, yeah. on the edge. Do you think... So, Thanos' whole thing is that it's random, right? But if, it, if this is based on a restore natural balance to the universe, does, does like, the universe say, uh, let's just... If we're going to cut out half the pandas, we're going to cut out equally uh, male and female, so there's still like a, 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 a balanced population. Unclear. Or 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 does it take like 75% of the humans and only like 25% of the pandas? Something like that. It's like, or or 0% of the pandas because the humans the have done all the damage. The way off. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, and now it says living creatures. Does that include like trees? I, I'd like to think so, Lucas. Blades of gl- Blades of grass? So is there like half the amount of grass that there is in the world it looks like a rough world i mean i know all that dust probably create a problem too and <laughs> yeah and it's like that's human dust i suppose it's rich got to be rich in nutrients for for the soil i'm not a soil man thanos <laughs> right in what, what what did you do with that snap <laughs> uh but then they go to like take him down how exactly they find him is a little bit of a nitpick but Whatever they they eventually find him with their space technology and Nebula. Nebula says, was with him like her whole life, and if he always mentioned the same place, he was gonna go. Yeah, yeah. She didn't necessarily know where it was though. But you're right. You're right. The planet that Thanos ends up on, uh, I think one of the the showrunners dubbed it Titan Two, because Titan had been destroyed. Um, it's officially called Planet Zero Two Five Nine S. Um, just rolls off the tongue like that. So beautiful. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just a planet. Like I guess there's not there's not a lot to it other than it's where Thanos ends up. That's fair. You know he bought he bought his hundred acre ranch in Montana to retire on. You know he's just it just is. It's inevitable, like him. <laughs> uh, but they come and they good plan. Would have been nice if Captain Marvel was there the first time for the plan. To be like invincible versus him, but in any case, they pull it off. 
they cut off the hand, they cut off the head, and it doesn't really matter because he already destroyed yeah, the stones. it's already happened. Yeah. Two days before, he destroyed the stones and almost killed him. That's why we had seen him with the limp. Mm-hmm. And this sh- scrawny, shriveled-up arm. Yeah, and this is just like a gut punch to our crew. Mm-hmm. They won, but they didn't really win. It, it, you see them walking away, like, and nobody's really happy about what just happened. It's it's rough. You know, we got this the end of uh, the end of Infinity War. Thor deals that essentially final blow to Thanos, and Thanos basically taunts him and says, "You idiot! Should have gone for the head. Snap! You know, like or the arm." True, true. Uh, yeah, I guess he could have just cut off his hand at that point. But then that that's clearly been weighing on Thor this whole time. I mean, it's been a long time for us, right? Uh, but then, yeah, like it's only been a couple of weeks. Not I say only, not trying to trivialize what they're going through. Obviously, half their population has been decimated. Well, destroyed. And, and Thor had a rough run before, like leading up to Infinity War. That absolutely should not be understated. Yeah, like, yeah. Tough times for him. But I, I, at that point, <laughs> I was like, whoa, is Thanos really dead? I have my notes. I was like, he could have faked that. Yeah, he did not. That was it. He, he, he got what he wanted. And what, you know, what else is there? Like, he would have been perfectly happy living as a farmer or whatever. Uh, but the fact that the Avengers showed up and ended it didn't really bother him. He did what he needed to do and what he thought was right genocidal maniac or not but he, he did what he thought was right so after this we jump to five years later which is our second infinity stone and again in my notes i had like five years later and like 600 question marks like five what years. yeah Ugh. again did not see this coming so this is 2023 by uh mcu time because tw- the infinity war takes place in 2018 when the movie came out so five years 2023 well, maybe we'll have to break it down in 2023, Johnny Mnemonic style. Yeah, maybe we're in that timeline. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, so, like, people just kind of stop doing things. They mentioned that the there's no more Mets. Like, we see Cap leading a support group. Nice cameo from one of the directors there. Mm-hmm. And uh, that surprises me a little bit. I, I know with half the population gone, like, it would be a shock. It would be tough to kind of build back certain things. But it's tough for me to imagine that sports wouldn't be one of those first things that we tried to build back. Well, entertainment surely does have a huge, a very important role in culture and society. I wonder if, well, first, I guess we can kind of jump around a little bit to see that the Hawkeye timeline, timelines, uh, terrible use of that phrase, but the Hawkeye's part of the story. He lives in, he's in Tokyo killing Yakuza or whatever, um, Tokyo's still going. The lights, lights are on, and like half the lights are on. You know, like there's clearly been an impact, but they're still living in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if just what we see in that shot of New York City, um, floating over, floating over Mets, and and then zoom, and then going to the support group. It, it might, maybe it's a Sunday. You know, maybe it's just not a high activity day. He specifically says during his date they talked about the same things. Blah blah blah. We miss the Mets. And that was like one of the things that they said. True, true. Sorry, I, I'm uh, taking a roundabout way to say that sports as we know it today takes a lot of people to make happen. I would not be surprised if 
professional sports at that level just doesn't happen anymore. You're not going to reform the Mets in, in less than five years. First of all, it's the Mets. Uh, you reform another team first. Shots fired. <laughs> but, but like, you know, sports and entertainment surely have come back. But the MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, personal favorite, it's going to take a lot to get that back to any reasonable level. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not that surprised is all I'm saying. Okay, that's fair enough. It's a little bit of a nitpick. I just, you know, living through a pandemic, like the first thing that people wanted was sports. For sure. Like, that was the, we were like, we want sports. That's like, it's a very tribal, you know, it goes down to like the root of human being. You've stuff. also got, you've also got multi-billion dollar industries propping up those things. And with half the population decimated, you'd think, God, I keep saying decimated. With half the population gone, I, I feel like there are bigger worries and bigger hurdles to overcome to bring sports back in that way. Sure. No, nope. just a nitpick. But while that's going on, we see Scott in the van. And, well, we see the van, and then we see a sign that says, like, Scott Lang or Lang yep. on the side. And then old Mr. Rat. Yeah. Shout out to you, man. saves the day. Who's the hero? Mr. Rat, am I right? No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> uh, and then with Scott, we kind of get to play a little bit of catch up as well. We get to see like the vanished memorial and like Cassie all grown up there. Mm -hmm. Are there any like names there as Easter eggs at the vanished memorial that like you know of? Uh, from what I could tell, it was um, shout outs to cast and crew, sorry, crew from other MCU TV shows and movies. No no comic book Easter eggs or anything like that. Okay. And that makes sense. I figured it was something. You can't put all these names on screen, be a filmmaker, and not like do something with it, right? Right. Right. Uh, it yeah. does feel a bit like a missed opportunity to like put in, I don't know, some obscure comic book. You, you think after 22 movies and the, the huge fan... Um, fan response to these films like put some put some super obscure comic book name just to send the send the people on a rabbit hole you know on the internet but the cast and crew it's still a great homage to the people who have made this happen so absolutely they're they're superheroes as well but was was scott out and like his experience in the van and how it only felt like a certain amount of time for him and it was a certain amount of time outside of it this spurs him to try to find what's left of the crew and propose this idea. And that leads us into our third infinity stone here. The best laying plan. Yes. Get it. They often go awry. That they do. <laughs> uh, so he confronts Cap and Black Widow there. And he's basically, is this idea crazy? Nat's like, no, I get emails from a raccoon. <laughs> or a rabbit if you're an Asgardian. Absolutely. And so they decide to go approach the one person that they can think of who might be able to figure out how to pull this off. There's nobody else. Tony is not a uh, quantum physics expert. He's a he's a genius. Don't, don't get me wrong. He, he is. Uh, if you're going to go to one person to solve all your problems, yeah, probably go to Tony. But if you have a very specific, this is quantum mechanics related, and I've been in the quantum realm. First, he's got to find find out that uh, Hank Pym is gone, right? Yeah, that sucks. Uh, who's next on the list? Well, Ant-Man just met this guy, Bill Foster, uh, a.k.a. Lawrence Fishburne, in the last mm -hmm. movie, who is a an expert. We don't know if he if he got snapped or not, but like maybe maybe look him up. Yeah, maybe. 
I do like the. Do any of you uh, know quantum physics or whatever? Just for small talk. Yeah, just just enough for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so so snippy. I love it. So they go to Tony's house, and he's not on board. No, of course not. I mean, we get the the, I guess, somewhat huge revelation that he's got a life now. You know, he's he's settled down, doing the nice lake house life right now with uh, Pepper and Morgan. He's got a five year old girl. So, I mean, can you blame him? Oh no, you can't blame any of these people. No. These are tough decisions. This is no, of course. Uh, the universe, the fate is up in their hands or the fates are cruel yeah so so tony tony is absolutely not on board he's got this life he doesn't want to mess that up it's been five years what hope is there you know he makes this great speech of we we took a stand we lost that's it you know we you know we move on i guess right here so the rest of the team not really wanting to take a seat and move on are trying other options so they seek out are there my one of my favorite characters in this movie, uh, Professor Hulk? Is that what he's called, Professor Hulk? Yes, yes. So th- there is uh, there's precedence for this in the in the comics where, you know, we have this split personality: Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, Bruce Banner, and uh, the Hulk. Um, and then, as we saw in Ragnarok, the Hulk takes over on Sakar at some point. Um, but they do eventually. I don't want to say reconcile because they don't particularly like each other at the, at the at any point, but they do inhabit the same body at the same time, and we get this uh, smart gamma monster. I love it. <laughs> I'm glad to hear you loved it. I did not love it, if I'm being honest. It, it it was fine. I do like that we got more Ruffalo, you know what I mean, instead of like a caveman. Sure. But like, I don't know if I'd be friends with Professor Hulk. True. Uh, maybe, maybe. But we, lo- uh, we lost we lost some of that banner charm in there agreed however I, I think this falls under the like wrapping up everybody's character arcs at the totally we've got nervous kind of yeah skittish uh smart but not very socially um adept banner and then you've got hulk who got his ass kicked at the at the last uh, at the beginning of infinity war and then didn't show up you know he's He's got his tail between his legs, you know, and then uh, we we get them to put them together and you get the best of both worlds, essentially. So you've got a, an eloquent speaker and someone who can do science. The brains and the bronze. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah their, their plan is is to move on without Tony. Right. And so they get the van. I love that van. You know that. <laughs> Absolutely. Where was Luis? That's all I have to say. Did he disappear? And if he did, he should have showed up at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. I, you know I love Luis. I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't get a Luis moment. I thought maybe, too, like, because everybody was kind of appearing where they were. Maybe Luis was, like, in the van. Like, he had, like, <laughs> it's like, I know I wasn't supposed to be here, man, but then I was because, and then he goes into one of his stories. Yeah. Oh, what I would give for that. But, uh, so they basically try out this little van test and scott goes they send time through scott yes <laughs> instead of sending scott through time such a great comedic just a great comedic in- injection into this movie like mm-hmm. it's pretty heavy we just got off that scene with tony and his family and then now we're trying the time travel like this is it the big all, all the marbles right here to to um take down 
Thanos and you get a great scene. <laughs> Is it uh, old old Scott or young Scott that uh, soils the suit and then regular Scott comes back into it and he's like, uh, what happened here? <laughs> it might, he says it might have been him too. He's not sure. <laughs> Could have been. I love I love when it's baby Scott. <laughs> Guy's like, send him back and Hulk's like, he'll grow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just give it time, man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a little bit of that humor worked for me for, for, for Professor Hulk. Maybe it'll grow on me. Like some of the other stuff that took a while to grow on me in this universe. Because some of that stuff that I didn't love is now like jumped over the stuff I initially loved and has become some of my favorite. You mm-hmm. know, so well, we'll get into it in some JLA top three. But I got to ask you, when Tony shows up, that Audi, is that a cool Audi? I got to give a, a, a hesitant yes. Okay. It's the Audi e-tron GT. It is a real, at the time it was a concept, it is a real car, not some uh, made for the movie thing, which I appreciate. Um, it isn't all electric. It's, it's in so many words, te- uh, Audi's answer to Tesla. Cool. Yeah, it is. It is what it is. Looks real nice. Shouts to you. Just like the uh, mammoth icebergs, uh, electric car, just saving the planet. I love it. Yep. The, you know what I loved in the, with this car? Yeah. Is what Tony pulled out of that fucking trunk. Oh, yeah. Right, we're going to drop who a couple F bombs. Who cares Cap about shield. The... Let's fucking go. Yes. It's coming. <laughs> oh, my God. When he pulled that out, I was just like, like, let's fucking go. I sat up in my chair like this is happening. So I got to ask you. Uh, I mean, I think I know the answer, but it, we never get to see them fully reconcile. You know, at the first scene with Tony and Cap, Tony's. Coming off the spaceship, we lost. He's clear, obviously and understandably distraught and upset. Still reeling after the effect uh, after the events of Civil War. You know, he and Cap don't really see eye to eye. But at this point, I mean, clearly they have. Right? It's been five years. He, they can't have just cut off all communication. But he repaired the scratches that Black Panther left on the the shield. Like at some point along the way, Tony went to work with vibranium and like made it pretty again love to see it but man good guy tony yeah yeah they have that moment where they confront each other when tony's brought back by carol and he is like you said we were going to do it together and you weren't there mm. and you can tell that hits cap really hard because cap's like yeah i did promise that and like while i was fine i wasn't there with tony like i looked this guy in the eye the, the, they've had this conflict you know that for brewing for a long time they almost kind of agreed to put it in the past and mm-hmm. agreed that like this time around, like they're like together, like almost like in spirit, like that little handshake that they have, like, no, we're like, we're in this fight. Like I will be by your side. If I'm, even if I'm not physically by your side, even though he ends up being physically by his side there, you know, at the end fighting along it, it's a nice moment and they could have dwelled on it even more but this film had a, had a lot to get done so yeah. the fact that we got a couple scenes kind of even building to that i think was really nice you're right you're right i'm just uh i'm I'm still wounded from the the loss so i always want more tony understandably uh but then we get a nice getting the gang together montage a little bit i mean I we, we spent a good amount of time on new asgard which i assumed you really enjoyed yes yes that's some of your favorite crew there and we even see valkyrie and then we do as you mentioned go to tokyo and we mm-hmm. see hawkeye kind of sad what happened to him but also understandable you know yeah i i, oh, I don't want to skip over uh, asgard and uh fat thor just yet because I guess we can talk about Hawkeye and Thor simultaneously and that 
they both had very serious issues and different responses to the tragedy that happened that you know the situation that that they experienced uh thor clearly fell into a deep depression and isolated himself you know he basically only talks to korg and mick and comes down to the um to the city or town just to get refills on beer and then obviously hawkeye was angry and and started seeking out bad people in the world you know why did why did the bad people get to survive the snap when good people aka his family did not get to survive the snap Mm -hmm. and and you you have to imagine that clint also probably blames himself a little bit like while thor was there and made the wrong move and blames himself hawkeye just wasn't even there absolutely and that's probably what spurred hawkeye into action is that his inaction he feels is what led to precisely Yeah. yeah he also got some sweet ink while he was there, pretty cool tattoo sleeve going on. Shout out to you, Hawkeye. New haircut. New haircut. It looks cool. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in for it. I like all the haircuts for the most part that they get. I like that Black Widow kind of combines the blonde and red mm-hmm. from her past stories. I I miss the the beard on Cap though. I do. I do too. It looks good, but you understand why he he had to let it go. It it is a visual difference for us that he is trying to do something new but it's also a big moment for anybody who's grown facial hair that it is a big decision to cut it so i mean it's like he had to make a big decision one way or another and then the rest of the movie we get to see the the visual representation of that for sure but basically their plan here is like to get the group together and to like take the stones before thanos can get them right 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 so they are essentially deciding to live on one of the branches right because the you can't change the past Mm -hmm. right so that that they're going to go back get the stones and change the story that they've been on which still happens obviously but then they want to they want to live in a different timeline that thanos doesn't win right so how do they get the stones back uh, well, yeah, with a little bit of time heist. Uh, so let's, let's get we'll jump into it here. Our, our fourth Infinity Stone is the time heist, but let, let's kind of set it up here how they figure out what to do. So mm-hmm. the idea is that they need to go and get all of them with as few trips as possible because there's limited pin particles because mm. the story first nitpick. Requires... Yeah, and so they find out that there's these basically three times that they can jump back to where the most stones will be there, but they kind of need everybody to explain a little bit about the stone. And boy, do I love this scene. I really love that with Thor. We talked about it a little bit there at the top. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Just letting Chris Hemsworth riff for five. That works. That right there works really well. For sure. And, And it really works as the, as what we see as the, he is the, group's expert on the ether but he doesn't really know anything about the ether but he's got to explain what's going on with the ether at especially at the moment that we know where it is and we, this is our opportunity to get it it's great and jane oh how do you do <laughs> and then jane reached her hand into a rock and then the ether breached itself inside of her yeah and you see like scott lang is like smiling and nodding along like very politely you can tell he's from Kansas. He must be just, from the Midwest. You can tell Paul Rudd is yeah, a Midwesterner, just being so polite, even though when someone's struggling through a story, 
You can see, if you guys watch this on a visual, you can see Lucas doing it to me every single podcast. <laughs> it's like, good job, Nick. You, you're doing so great, buddy. Uh, they decide <laughs> on the time heist, and we get one last cap speech. Yeah. My second, like, cap, let's fucking go moment. Oh, yeah. He's pretty good at that, you know? It's great, great. And it, and it really does pay off. I mean, we, we could really lament on it. I'm sure other shows have as well all the different things that they've brought back in such an effective way but it 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 works like oh we need a big speech well of course it's cap because we've set this up we've put in the time and energy into this character for it to make sense within the story really like that one thing i don't like though is that tony doesn't get an iron man style helmet in this time heist yeah ant-man did get his own special one but Mm -hmm. and so did war machine which was which makes the tony one even more weird. Exactly. Uh, I, unfortunately, like this was this is one of the things that takes the uh, takes me out of the movie and into the this is a movie being made kind of mindset. It's got to be screen it's time. Face. Yeah, FaceTime. Yeah, which is why we got non-blue Jude Law as the Cree in the last one. Like, it doesn't bother me in the moment, but then when I sit back and think about it, I'm like, man, that that come just kind of sucks. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come on. You got Tom Holland going 15 straight minutes in the mask in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming when he's in the vault, you know? You got Bradley Cooper as a raccoon. The whole time. 100%. The whole time. 100%. Yeah. All right. So let's get into these heists. (laughs) Where are we going? Where are we going? We got New York 2012, Mm -hmm. Asgard, and Morag 2013. So that's Asgard, Thor Thor 2. It's the only time we've seen the ether, obviously. Mm Mm-hmm. And then... The Morag 2013, which is pre-Guardians, is that right? Yeah, pre-Guardians of the Galaxy. Literally just pre, like, by like a minute, pre-Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Yeah, you're right, you're right. We we see Chris Pratt doing his, uh, uh, yeah, his dancing thing. Yeah, the intro to the film, right? Yeah. yeah. And that little lizard uh, thing. So he's an idiot. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and then that Kree guy's gonna show up, right? Ronan, yeah. Not Ronan, but the... the... Ooh. Yes, that guy. Um, I, that guy. I don't That's remember fine. his name. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just like, ooh, Star Lord. Uh, okay, but then we're also gonna jump back to New Jersey, 1970. But that's after some shenanigans here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So in the New York timeline, we get the Ancient One showing up. She was there during the battle. We get Hulk talking to her. We we gotta talk about it. You know who we see, Lucas. I don't even want to say it. I didn't even. Sit well. He's the worst. Why is he the here? The worst. Get him out of here, man. I love him. And then Brock Rumlow, too. Like the other. God, I mm-hmm. hate this guy. And we kind of get a uh, cap elevator scene part two. I love it. I, I Okay. I do love the scene. Despite Sitwell and Rumlow being in it. I do love the like elevator scene part. Duh. Like Who, who's the hero? Sitwell? No. What? <laughs> no. I don't know. It's Cap. Because <laughs> he does it without fighting, too. He like convinces him, convinces them to give him the stone and just walks away. Yeah. Very clever. Mm-hmm. Good job, Cap. Yeah. He knows how this works. But that is like, that is character growth. For sure. Old Cap, old Cap would be like, that's not the right way to do it. Yeah. And, and Old Cap would never have said Hail, Hail Hydra. Like, you're having a tough time saying it here I right can't, now. I can't. It sucks. I hate saying it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as, as you mentioned there at the top a little bit, 
at the end of this kind of New York specific scene, we lose the Tesseract. What a twist. Like what a wrinkle in the perfect plan. It was all going so well. Tony had a heart attack and Thor resurrected him. We needed uh, maybe like five seconds of them just like, not, not us as viewers, but like if they really want to pull off this plan of being like, but wait, Loki is there. Right. That is like such a big wild card that like the best Lang plans sometimes can go wrong when Loki is involved. For that sure. dude is... <laughs> He's a trickster. He's there to jack stuff up sometimes. And so maybe they should have considered that for just a little bit of time. Yeah, it it could have been interesting, but I don't think they want to make Loki a villain anymore. For sure. It could have even been like a joke line, you know, been like, you know, and this is like we picked New York and like, well, you know, Loki's there. Yeah, what could go wrong? Yeah, you know? yeah, that that's true. That's true. It's not a nitpick. It's just... You know, it's kind of funny. It's like, come on, Loki's there. Beware. But Loki was also on Asgard in 2013 there. He's in the jail. You're right. So he's like all over this heist. And you have to imagine when he sees that, like old Thor, like he acts like he doesn't see him, but we know he sees him. For sure. He's He's like, he could be projecting himself. Like that isn't maybe even the way he's looking in there right now on the bed. Definitely That's not. How... Definitely not. We see that transformation. You know, he's he's putting on a show for anybody who's walking by the cell. He knows something's up. Oh, man. Yeah. So, like, Loki's like, what the hell's going on here? Probably. Mm-hmm. You know, all at the same time. Really fun. I'd I, like, maybe we'll see it from his point of view a little bit during the, the television show. We can only hope. We can only hope. But we get to see Jane and a nice moment with Thor and his mom, which kind of, like, reminds him that he's worthy tears i i can't even think about this scene it's rough i mean so frigga is a she's a sorceress or she's a witch or you know whatever word you want to she's familiar with things that are not quote-unquote normal so she like knows instantly that thor is like not obviously he's not the thor that she knows right now because he's out there all muscular fighting off the dark elves but like she knows that he's from the future and he's like, you're right, I'm totally from the future. <laughs> and it's such a sweet moment. Like this is basically the first step on Thor's path back to to being a hero. He talks to his mom, figures out that people make mistakes, right? Yeah, and you could tell like that he needed that one last like moment with her the same way that he gets the conversation with his father. You know, he didn't get that moment with his mother. And like, True. these people are living for hundreds of years, you know, so like Thousands. to not get like that one last conversation and can really weigh on somebody. For sure. I do like the visual of the other Thor fighting and Mjolnir just like Soom! going away. Yeah. <laughs> you got to wonder what he was doing at that point. Like, I don't know if it was mid battle, but it was like pretty close, like the beginning of the battle. Yeah. I- Frigga was still alive. Jane was there. Yeah. But maybe once they take the ether, that battle just stops. Hmm. I don't know. Because the Dark Elves can sense it, right? They know where it is. Yeah. So they're like, wait a minute. It's not here anymore? Let's get out of here before the Asgardians kill us. <laughs> Interesting. Hmm. Mm. But yeah. Very, very sweet moment. I love Rocket, too, there during that heist. I like their relationship as it's grown. Thor and Rabbit. It's, <laughs> it's quite cute. Yeah. But uh, on a on a sadder note, we are also we 
What is the name of the planet, the Soul Stone planet? Vormir. We go to Vormir. Yeah. So uh, before we get to Vormir, we've got Morag. So we've got the three groups of people that that Mm -hmm. depart from our current timeline, the the post-snap timeline. A group goes to uh, New York. A group goes to Asgard. And then this second group... This third group goes to space, kind of generally. Uh, The plan is that since they're going to the same timeline and they have a spaceship, they can time travel together and then they'll split off and go with a spaceship. Right. We get like War Machine and Nebula on Morag Mm -hmm. and Hawkeye and Black Widow take off to Vormir. Correct. That's the name of the planet. Yeah. And... uh, we even get a nice little nebula. Is like as long as they stay in the ship, they'll go there. Because <laughs> it's got autopilot. It's like as long as yeah. they stay inside, <laughs> you'll be fine. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, no, two I... two humans not familiar with space travel just taking off somebody else's spaceship and flying to a planet they don't know anything about. It's great. What could what could go wrong? A what? Well, yeah. So on Morag, this is also where Thanos kind of gets involved. Yeah. Because the past Thanos and the past Nebula and Nebula being an android of some sort, it's connecting across her Wi-Fi yeah. I mean, connectors. That's, that's the best way to describe it. Like she's got she's connected and because now she exists in now, a where wherever now is her computers are uploading to the internet or for lack of a better word so now that she's uploading from a separate body than the normal timeline the normal timeline can now normal timeline nebula can now like receive the information if only somebody could have seen this coming <laughs> it is very heartbreaking the nebula arc you know because we've seen what she's had to go through already one time and then to kind of have to confront her past self and try to convince her. And we'll get into what happens to that later. But you can just tell that, like, she's just really, like, wants to do the right thing, but is, like, just, like, scared to do the right thing. For sure. Any Anytime she's tried to do the right thing in the past has been a sign of weakness in Thanos' eyes and has gotten her torn apart, some parts replaced and like tortured essentially not essentially she's been tortured and yeah uh that has it's only because of the more recent events with her sister that she has kind of come back to being human you know i don't know if she was human to begin with to be honest i don't know what her species is but she's she's coming back to being uh not a robot so Mm mm-hmm well, and then it gets to flip in this film where she gets to then pull on Gamora to the good side mm-hmm. because she's jumped ahead in the timeline. It's it's really cool to see that flip. Agreed. But let's let's okay. So I, I talked about it a little bit earlier. Vormir. Let's go there. I don't. You're want, trying I don't to want just. To. Yeah, I know you don't. You're talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> Number one man, the Black Widow fan club. I had no idea this was coming. <sighs> Oh, okay, so basically we know the deal with the Soul Stone. Yep. And so Black Widow sacrifices herself for everybody. We can just say that that Soul Stone is the best Soul Stone ever manufactured. It's got the best Soul Seed in there, you know? Absolutely. So it's the strongest of all the Soul Stones. 
But one thing does go wrong here during all the heists. In New York, Loki, we mentioned it. He gets away with the Tesseract. Mm -hmm. That puts us into New Jersey 1970 as another timeline because basically Tony and Cap have to make this decision. This is one nitpick because we're dealing with time travel. Like They basically rush into this decision, uh, leaving Ant-Man out of it for no reason. But um, yeah, so they lose the Tesseract in New York. They get the Mind Stone in the Loki Scepter. So they send Ant-Man back to the regular time. They also get the they get the time stone as well. Uh, yes, you're right. Hulk Hulk gets the time stone from uh, the the ancient one. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. You're right. So then Tony and Cap split off, thinking, "What? Where else is the time stone? Or where else is the Tesseract? And the space we- stone. The space stone. So we know that I it's got you. been. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so they know that it's been in Shield custody for decades you know basically since cap went under because howard stark fished it out of the ocean but but they have the problem of they can't get back they've only got enough pin particles um you know self-imposed uh, restriction i think but so where is the test where's the tesseract the power stone ah oh, where's the tesseract the space stone and pin particles all at the same time well it's at this shield facility that pim and howard stark were working together so they've got to go there Turns out it's the same facility that Captain America was made at, you know, in uh, New Jersey. His, where he went to basic training and where they performed the, not where they performed the event. That was in Brooklyn. Like downtown yeah. New York or something. He just walks in and they shove him in. No yeah. sterilization, nothing. Yeah, he's got penicillin. He's fine. Yeah, strong stuff. <laughs> but yeah, so they go back in time to a military base where Tony gets to meet Howard. Again, yeah. Oh, he, he had met him. Well, you know, he's his son. Tony gets to meet his father as an adult, you know? Because his dad died when he was, what, 21? Something like that? Yeah. And he gets to have that conversation that he talks about in, is that Iron Man 3? It's really powerful, but it, it's cool that, the again, that they found a way to weave this throughout the story. And while they're there, Cap sees... Peggy! Yeah. And at that moment, I was like screaming at Cap, like, go say hi, go say hi, go say hi. Even yeah. though it would like throw off all the time. It would break everything. everything. It would it would break everything. But wouldn't that have been something though too, if it was Cap to make an impulsive, selfish decision to break everything? It would have been something, but it would have been such a break of character. You know what I mean? For sure. But if he's going to break it, it'd be for Peggy, right? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe later on we'll see what happens. One last little Easter egg here that was probably more fun for you than it was for me, but I'm so proud of myself for picking it up. When Howard is like leaving and he's getting put in the car, he's like, like come on, Jarvis, or something Jarvis. And that's that's yeah. the real butler Jarvis, right? Absolutely. And um, no spoilers. It, that's the Jarvis that you see in Agent Carter, the TV show. Same actor. Oh, cool though. Yeah. Shout oh yeah. Him. Oh yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Super cool. So it's him, but it, it is not. It's a different Howard on the TV show, right? It's the Howard from Cap, the First Avenger. Yes, Dominic Cooper. Right. Okay. Because because we are in 1970, right? So this is quote unquote old Howard. So we that's why we get him. But in Agent Carter, it's like 50s. You know, 20 years earlier, essentially. Right. So that's why you get young. Uh, young Howard in the show and this Howard in the movie. 
Yeah. And we met this Howard with the expo. Was that an Iron Man 2? Yes. In the video? Yes. Nice. Iron look, Man at, oh, look at me. Like an encyclopedia up there. <laughs> Ask me anything. Uh, so they, they pulled off, though. Yeah. Sweet conversation. They get back. They're there. They put on, they make their own gauntlet. It's basically like an Iron Man type gauntlet or that type of technology. Mm-hmm. Hulk puts it on and Hulk snap. Mm-hmm. Hulk snap. Not Hulk smash. <laughs> and as we find out later, he really did try not only to bring back those who had vanished, but to bring back Nat specifically. You can kind of like see after the snap, that's probably like the first thing on his mind. You know, like when he's sitting there. Yeah. Uh, man, heartbreaking that we, that kind of keeps coming back, but... That does lead us into our fifth stone here, now that the snap has happened. Yeah. All populations are brought back for the most part, except for a few specific that were sacrificed in certain ways. But we get our fifth stone here. Say it. You, you want to take it. it? No, you say it. No, you got it. You got it. Yeah, I always say the stones. Avengers, assemble. I mean, this this is one of the things... like. I think I've said before, I don't particularly enjoy going to movie theaters, public and people and gross sticky floors and all that. And it's expensive and whatever. Uh, These are the movies that I go see in theaters because it is worth it to have the experience of the big screen, the big sound, and the community. This movie is like everybody's tearing up and sniffling beforehand. And then in this moment on your left, it's like... (gasps) And then Avengers Assemble, it's like, yeah! Every, yes. Everybody erupts. Ugh. I mean, chills. I, I've got chills now thinking about it. My blood is pumping. It is. It was an experience, I, I will say. And I'm very happy to have, to have experienced it. I, I can only imagine. And you're right. We do get that very, very sweet callback of On Your Left. From Sam. Yeah. From what is that? That's Cap from two. Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yeah. Cap 2. When they're running there at the beginning. And at the very end. But even like right before that, like the attack kind of comes out of nowhere. We see the ship. We see what Nebula is doing. Oh, yeah. You're right. It's But it's it, it reminds me of, is that in Iron Man 3 where they're at his home and they see like the missiles come in yep. and all of a sudden boom it blows up the building yep it reminded me of that moment good point i guess if you're seeing this in the movie or if you don't know how long the movie is it feels like the end it feels like it feels like we won just now you know hulk snapped the birds come back but nebula's there uh you're right you're right maybe i'm just not that astute of a movie watcher but it, it feels like we win you know it feels like victory hawkeye answers the phone and he talks briefly to his wife yeah and then the then the bombs hit the hit the building and god it hurts it (laughs) it does well this film does that twice kind of where you think you've won yeah like where they cut off the hand of thanos there at the beginning of the film and then with this moment as well uh i mean there there really are countless moments to go into countless my third and final like lfg moment was when cat picked up mjolnir yeah. Oh my god, dude. It's it's crazy. So I, I mean I just spoke about how we at the the audience in the theater is cheering at the Avengers Assemble. It was 
it, it was all building in this moment that the as soon as the bombs hit, right, they Thor, Iron Man, and Cap walk out onto the field, the battlefield, and Thanos is just sitting there. And Thor goes, lightning, and braids up his beard. And he's got lightning eyes. He goes into the Avatar state. And it's just, there's so many moments to, like, cheer for. And the audience is cheering for every single one. <sighs> Epic. Epic is, I haven't even said it so far, but Epic is the best word to describe this movie just fucking epic it really is i again like i said you could point out a thousand things i love like ant-man punching the big alien shark thing in the face i like like that spider-man is swinging off of him yeah. into battle yeah uh a cool moment with sam and his wings like stabbing like everybody gets their little moment we get i i really do like rocket and bucky i don't mm-hmm. know if like Somewhere down the line, we can get those two really interacting, but we can only hope, dude. They would be fun to watch work because they're kind of two like no nonsense guys, mm-hmm. but they're both very clever and very efficient. Like Rocket's like a little bit of a tinkerer. Can you imagine Ro- uh, Rocket tinkering with that arm and just like upgrading it? Oh, I'll get that arm <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but is there any character that like you noticed during the scene that you want to shout out their little moment? Uh, I, I want to shout out Spider-Man in the instant kill mode uh, because it's such a it's teased so many times in the Spider-Man Homecoming movie that we finally get to see it and he's like activate it because this can't be very long after after um, Homecoming you know right and I guess technically it's five years later but from Spider-Man's point of view it's like he disappeared and then he came back so uh, um, Peter and Tony. Like they're there now with their hug. Remember, like when they met, he's like he thinks he's going in for a hug. He's like, "Whoa, whoa, we're not there." But then Tony goes in for the hug this time. Yeah, which is it's like completion. It's not of a that hug. Little it's arc. not a hug. I'm opening the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they they're there now. It's re- and, and you can tell that that was. You got to imagine that Peter maybe over anybody else was the drive that made Tony do all this. Absolutely. And it was like the little clue of them like holding the little thing upside down in the picture that he sees washing dishes and he's like oh i should invert this thing and he flips it upside down and it makes the time travel work like they they, they leave these little clues in there for you i i liked yeah like i said bucky there i really enjoyed drax getting his little stabs on the back that's a classic drax move and korg is Cor- korg and drax are fighting the same guy at the same time mm-hmm. uh, you I, love it i did want to see one like group like grow and like smash people together type of move you love that love that move i do too i do too i wanted to see that but again you know it's not an actor's face you know mm-hmm. so it's kind of wasted seconds at, you know for contracts and stuff I get this it. is the type of scene or i mean i don't even know how long the sequence is but this is the type of scene that you can watch a thousand times and notice something new every single time. One little detail out there in the corner in the background. and The duck guy is back. Howard the him. duck, yes. I'm glad you yeah. saw him. I was, I was going to bring it up. No, nah, I, I caught him for sure. He's like center screen there for a second. Yeah. And then we got to shout out T'Challa one last time here. Like yeah. the Imbombe, Imbombe. Like, mm. yeah, like they're the first group to like, yeah, start bike pumping you up. Yeah, you're just like, oh, let's go. It's... uh. It's a, it's a hell of a moment, but it all culminates, you know, as strange as 
told Tony a couple times you can't tell him how it's going to end because it might not end that way. Yeah. And we see how that plays out. Yeah. I I can't even say it. <laughs> shout out shout out to you Tony. Um incredible stuff. He gets the gauntlet. He gets the stones. He uses his own nanotech to grab the stones off of the gauntlet in a way that Thanos didn't notice and then Thanos tries to do the snap and yeah, and instead of being inevitable, he delivers an a line that like all caps time. off the arc perfectly yeah i am iron man and he snaps and makes the ultimate sacrifice it it made the second viewing of this film even that much more brutal but you can take solace in that like he had changed and like this was the first time he didn't be like peace out pepper he sat down with pepper and like had the full adult conversation that you have with a loved one like these are all the things on the table what should we like how should we proceed and right this is the first time that he had pepper's basically blessing to do it not pepper calling as he's flying out into space and saying where are you going what are you doing yeah so it just it closes the the book so nicely on an incredible character an all-timer really you know what i mean like tony's now up there with luke skywalker and rocky balboa and you you name like your classic heroes, Robin Hercules. Hood, <laughs> except for the app. Yeah, Hercules, <laughs> perfect. It's a it is sad, but it, again, it makes it makes all the other moments that much more awesome. It really, yeah, it drives home everything that needs to be driven home, and it it's awesome. It's it's a great way to end this saga, you know. Yeah. Do you do you have anything to add to it here, like? Do you remember like the when you saw it for the first time or Yeah. I mean, it, this is a this is a tough one. This is, this is a big loss for me personally. This is I I think I've spoken over the course of this podcast how I've sort of started as a huge Tony fan turned into a more of a Cap fan. Mhm. And then more recently Spider-Man, but like go, going back to the beginning. This like you said this is the this is an end of wraps up the saga. This is we st- this is where we started. This is where it ends. And I started and for a long time was a very big Tony Stark Iron Man fan. And I don't think he made the best decisions along the way, especially in the Civil War time frame. But post-Civil War, you really see him turning the corner and his character arc coming back to be the real true hero. It hits. It hits me hard. Yeah, it's a good. He has a great character arc reactor. <laughs> yes. What mark? What mark suit did we end on? We tracked this the whole time. What do we got? What what suit was the final one? Because it has like a it has a shield this time, like that digital shield. Instead of using like the nanotech to make a shield, it looks like a Wakandan technology. That shield. It looks like the same kind of shield when they pull across their the blankets. the river tribe. That, yeah. that type of uh, like energy shield. Mm-hmm. I, I have, I think we talked about it in Infinity War uh, because he doesn't, I don't believe he's got a new suit. It's the same Mark suit from um, Infinity War, the nanotech suit. Okay. He just added the, the shield technology to it. Yeah. Because I mean, the, the nano, nanobots are 
theoretically reprogrammable, you know, like that's part of their whole, their whole prop, you know. So maybe this might be the only suit he ever has to make, right? Yeah. And we get like a nice little, the suit gets charged up by the hammer and the axe again, like it did back in, is that Avengers? When he hits them and they're fighting in like the woods and Tony's yes. like, oh, it's like at 200% power. It's yep. like intentional this time and like feeds into that laser to shoot at Thanos. Mm-hmm. So cool. Uh, real quick follow up. A quick Google says that this is the Mark 85 suit. Mark 85. So we ended Infinity War on 50 L, the big L. He's been doing some work, hasn't he? Clearly. He made Pepper a suit and stuff. True, but uh, we covered that one. He had already made that one by, by Infinity War time. That was the, that's the Mark Forty Nine, mm. also known as the Rescue Suit. It's interesting that it's the Mark Eighty Five because it does list the predecessor as the Mark L Fifty Suit. So maybe he just did a bunch of little things to it. It should be noted, like when he jumps out of the Avengers Tower, it's a much quicker suit on than yeah in like, twenty twelve. He almost hit the ground in the first time. Yeah, look at that. Look at that progress at 85. Always progressing. Tony's always working on something, you know? Well, let's get to it. The aftermath, our sixth stone. It starts out with Tony's funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sad for sure. It's nice to see kind of all of our characters not in superhero outfits looking nice. You know, it's a very solemn moment. There's a lot of people there. I mean, there are. Basically, every one of them got a movie. You know, either every group of them got a movie or multiple for sure. Right. And then we get a character who's kind of showed up periodically since the beginning, Happy. Mm -hmm. And him and Morgan, uh, Tony's daughter there, he asks her if she's hungry. You know, she's like, yeah, he's like, what do you want? And she wants a cheeseburger. Of course. Which is what Tony wanted when he came back. And again, putting the cap on it so nicely. But we see a little bit of new asgard Mm -hmm. we see thor hand over the reins to valkyrie awesome and thor is gonna go become who he should be not who he was meant to be (laughs) confusing (laughs) no i feel i'm like you know it sometimes people's expectations of where you should go in life aren't what you should actually do you know at a certain point you have to decide what is best for you Mm. and thor is right at that decision so it's cool to see that i I'm excited to see the Asgardians of the Galaxy. I don't know if that's going to be the next movie. If but only. I, yeah, I'm I so in on that. Yeah, I can't even. Yeah. We all know who the we all know who the captain or we all know who's in charge here. Speaking of the Cap, we got Cap making his decision. He's the one getting sent back with all the stones. They mm-hmm. send one person. Smart move. Yeah, you respect it. You're. That, if, if that's you're gonna, the right call. If you're going to trust one person to do it right to the T, it's got to be him. Should be mentioned that he takes Mjolnir with him, though. I don't know what that does to timelines. So th- the the idea is that they're replacing the stones at the moment that they were taken, right? So that you don't affect that timeline. So I guess the same logic applies to Mjolnir, where uh, they're, he sends he, it back. Yeah, he 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 drops off the uh, ether, injects it back into Jane, I guess, and then just throws Mjolnir, and everything's back to normal. So I guess that's the idea. Like, dude, if he was building a house for Peggy. Yeah. Mjolnir is a, is a tool fit for a king. Precisely. But yeah, as, as we were talking about there with Peggy, uh, Cap does not come back immediately to that timeline. Yeah. And then we get 
old Steve. Yeah. Not skinny Steve. No. Not good guy Steve. We get old Steve. Old Steve. And what I've decided to call the captor math. The captor math. <laughs> Love it. Re- really sweet moment where I assume that is Sam going to be the new Captain America? Is that what that meant, Lucas? Tell me. I want to know that. I can't say. Oh my goodness. Okay, I'll say. I'll say because there's no, uh, there's no, there's no movie spoilers as far as I know, um, or future movies. Sam Wilson is the current Captain America in the comics. Oh, maybe you, maybe you even mentioned that at some point throughout this run. I can't remember. I probably, if I did, I probably tried to tease it as like, oh, the multiverse. You know, things are happening right. without interacting, just because I didn't want to like spoil anything. But yeah, like definitely this happened. Uh, there is a TV show. Is it a TV show or is it a movie coming up? Um, it's a TV show, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So uh, Sam and Bucky get to do some stuff together before, I, I guess it's before Sam decides to be Cap, you know, take on the, the name Captain America. Hmm. Well, I'm all in on that. Love me some Bucky. Mm-hmm. Bucky. Bucky. Uh, speaking of the aftermath, I mean, I kind of wanted to wrap it up. Um, I already said that this is this movie is feels like the end of Phase Three, and that we're going to do another movie, uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home. But this really is the end cap. So I wanted to talk about what might be coming. What is it? What is coming, and then what might be coming? Because certain things uh, are TBA or kind of teased at this point. But we are getting a Black Widow movie. It's got to be a got to be a prequel, right? Could be an alternate or or a different timeline or something. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which can't wait. I'm very excited for tying it back in that, um, God, I almost said Mandalorian, the Mandarin, uh, the real quote unquote Mandarin storyline. We've got the Eternals coming up, which is very exciting for the Guardians kind of more cosmic side of the universe. New Spider-Man movie, which a lot of rumors are rumors are going crazy with the Spider-Man, especially with the uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse cartoon. All kinds of um, theories about the Tobey Maguire, maybe the Andrew Garfield, everybody kind of making appearances. Super, super exciting for that one. Doctor Strange is getting a sequel. Um, it's, oh. it's called The Multiverse of Madness. Who knows where that's going to go. We're getting Thor 4 called Love yeah, and Thunder. Yeah, are we? Yeah, Thor Love and Thunder. Let's go. Um, Black Panther 2 coming out in 2022. Unclear exactly how that's going to go, given you know the untimely death of Chadwick Boseman. Um, I believe it's going to be Ryan Coogler directed again. And um, from what I can tell, I mean, everyone is very interested in doing things right and respectfully. And I, I'm excited for Black Panther 2. I'm very sad that we're not going to get any more Chadwick Boseman as as Black Panther, but I think they'll do it well. Maybe we can bring Killmonger back. Or Shuri takes on the mantle. I assume she has already. Maybe. Uh, There's five more movies slated. Um, Captain Marvel 2 in 2022. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania. Um, A Blade reboot. Well, I'm calling it a reboot, but Blade, you know, I... Most people don't realize that Blade is a, a Marvel property at this point, but, mm-hmm. you know, gosh, I can't wait. I, I love the Blade trilogy, so, you know, whatever. And then Fantastic Four, uh, ideally bringing all that back in. And uh, yeah. 
yeah, so that's all the that's all the movies that we can expect to see here. There's a couple shows. Um, I know you're not the biggest show guy, but WandaVision is currently airing as we record this. Uh, it's wild, I gotta say. You, I think you'll enjoy it a lot. Like I said, I'm on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you do. You've done well to avoid spoilers for like 14 years, so I wouldn't be surprised if you're if you're just letting it blow by you. I don't have to do that anymore now, though. That's true. I'm letting it like all soak in, and yeah, and one division's happening like right now too. So true, true. I guess it's towards the end of its run here, but whatever. Yeah. Like I said, we got Falcon and the Winter Soldier getting their show. Loki's got his own show. What I'm most excited about in terms of shows is the What If series. This is one of my favorite comic book series. Um, it's What If dot 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 question mark, and so they just. They can do anything. They can just whatever they want to dream up, and it doesn't have to affect any of the bigger universe or larger story arcs or anything. I love it. So there's a bunch more shows. Ugh, I can't. I don't even want to list them. I'm so excited, but they're all TBA, so any of them could be canceled or delayed. <laughs> uh, that's all. That's all I had for the uh, phase four after snap after captor math. Perfect. Well, what if we do our categories after a word from our sponsors? This episode is brought to you by Mammoth Coolers, the best coolers since the Ice Age. Summer is approaching, and that means it's about to get hot, but that doesn't have to be the fate of your canned or bottled beverage. Mammoth Chilski is a double-wall vacuum-insulated drink holder made with kitchen-grade stainless steel. The Chilski works with both 12-ounce cans and bottles and has a screw-on collar that seals the can or bottle securely. It keeps your beverage cold 10 times longer than competitor drink holders. The Chilski comes in a variety of colors including burnt orange, midnight blue, seafoam green, Captain America red, white, and blue. Don't forget Iron Man red and gold. You could get like a gauntlet laser engraved on it, right? Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. All Mammoth products are backed by a lifetime warranty and shipped to the 48 continental United States. Visit mammothcooler.com, that's M-A-M-M-O-T-H-C-O-O-L-E-R.com to order and use the offer code BEGONIAFM, all one word, at checkout to get 10% off. Using that code helps Mammoth know you came from us. Thanks to Mammoth for sponsoring this episode and all of Begonia FM. Okay, Lucas, pretty much every power is available. Pick it. Pick yours. What do you got? I might be a little um, uh, recency biased by the Scarlet Witch or the WandaVision show, but Scarlet Witch. Hmm. We, we she goes toe to toe and like I don't know, kind of hands it to Thanos at at one point in this movie. She she and Captain Marvel are the only ones that can like block his sword thing. You know? Yeah. I mean, she's just all powerful and delivers an all-time line too where thanos tries to be all you know arrogant i don't even know who you are and she's like you will and he does uh, yeah she's sad about vision oh, right you know she's, she's messed up yeah and i you know i i don't want to pick the infinity stones it feels like too easy of a, a grab of, of a power so i wanted of a, to of a power grab ah. of a power snap yeah so I, I wanted to pick something else and yeah scarlet witch it's got to be the way to go that's fair. I actually, I couldn't come up with anything for this. It was like almost overwhelming. So yeah. I'm just gonna pick time travel. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good power to have. Yeah. However you do it, pin particles, time stone, whatever. I want the van. What are you talking about? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know this. Well, it's the van plus the pin particles, right? Precisely.
All right, who's your hero? The, that rat that turns on the van. Clearly. We don't get Scott back. We don't get anything. Yeah. Yeah. But really, though, it's Tony. Like, obviously, it's Tony. I have Tony as well. I didn't know. I, I thought maybe you'd pick Cap. <sighs> yes and no. It's tough. It, it's tough. It's so many people have that heroic moment that saves the movie. Like, there are so many moments along Black the way. Widow. Black Widow. Yeah. And one Hawkeye. I mean, Hawkeye. It, it obviously Black Widow Scott. is sacrificing herself, right? But Hawkeye kind of has to let her go. That's how you get the stone, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, um, yeah. Scott has it. Hulk has it. I mean, he puts it all on the line with the snap, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanos. Yeah, I mean, he loses. No. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. So I, I got Tony. Uh, I've. They're all heroes, really. Right. Shout out to you, T'Challa. Shout out everybody, the whole crew. Yeah. I mean, everybody who came back from being snapped and just like, all right, let's walk through this portal and let's go. Let's rock. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Mbappe. What's your unofficial ranking of this film, Lucas? Uh, So I don't particularly enjoy watching this movie because it hits me so hard. Like I said, doesn't mean it's a bad movie, but preseason... 22 out of 23. Like, I... Whoa! I I did not enjoy watching it because it's so hard to watch. So, I mean, 23 at the time being uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 because I did not enjoy that movie the first time. First, however many times I saw it before before we did this. Uh, as we go, you know, I've been re-ranking things based on... Mostly based on rewatchability, but as I said... Don't like to watch this movie, so we're at 18 on this guy. Wow. And what what is last place now? What is in 22nd currently? Currently, 22nd is Iron Man 2. All right. Well, that's fair. I understand your your justification. Yeah. I, I, I see where you're coming from. Like, it is a huge epic movie. Story pretty much works. You know, it's it's epic, as I said. So, mm-hmm. But, you know, personally, I just can't watch it, you know? <laughs> it hurts me. I get it. Yeah, and even as, like, a more muted palette relative to other MCU films. It's just not as bright visually. For sure. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, you're right. It's it's a dark... It's dark. Yeah, it's heavy. Yeah. Um, my unofficial rating here is six out of six Infinity Stones. Oh, damn! Yeah. 100%. I really I thought this film really pulled it off. I was I was impressed. I was happy. Like I said, it didn't make me regret putting all the hours in before this. Like I felt with some other properties. So I'm giving it to it. You know, six out of six Infinity Stones. But we're gonna get into the the Jaylee top three here. So some. Do you want do you want me to go through the Hall of Fame first, or do you want me to go through the actual rankings first? Let's go through the rankings first, and then we'll see who like why you left people off. You know. Got it. Okay, well, some new additions here at number 12, which is as far as the list goes now. The top three is now 12. Sure, sure. We got Rocket. Oh, making an appearance. I like that guy. He's really grown on me and his little humor. Like like when Captain Marvel, it's like there's hundreds of worlds out here and they don't have like a group. He's like, yeah, that's, that's a pretty good point. You know, yeah. he's on like the little... <laughs> yeah. As far as that's concerned, that's a good. Yeah, you know. yeah, he has, has like all these really subtle one-liners, and he's a hero. You know, he mm-hmm. he helps out Thor. I was a big fan. So next is eleven is Luis. He moved down from ten to eleven. 
okay. just because we're gonna have a new person here at nine. Sure, and jumping Wong in. Was, yeah. Yeah. Wong was nine. Now is ten. At number nine, new is Nebula. Solid. You know, she had a good arc. She redeemed herself. She did. I I did not see that coming. She came off almost as like a sidekick to the villain the first time she showed up and i thought she'd be kind of killed off that way but the way that she stuck around and her overall effect on the story is remarkable absolutely huge player Uh, and then okay we had no movement for the next three we have drax then shuri and then sam and sam's at six but then now at five we have gamora she was at four Mm -hmm. so she moved down one at four from number one mantis we just didn't get enough of her yeah. She would have dropped even more if not for the funeral scene. I like that she's swaying because that's like her creature like sways, but everybody else is still. Hmm. But she has like that kind of circular move. It's just a nice touch. I don't know if that was the actor's choice or a director, but I, I noticed it. And it, so shout out to you. Uh, number four. Number three up from number five and like not on this list for a long time. Thor. Yeah. Love me some Thor. It hits me, the, the Thor arc hits me, in this movie hits me harder than Tony. Like, if I if I zoom out and look at the whole story, obviously Tony hits me worse. But but in this movie, Thor is what sticks with me. You've got the whole should have gone for the head, and then time travel and, like, having that very, well, then we see him clearly depressed and, and with the, the alcoholism and, and hiding in, in Norway. Then you get the whole scene with the mom, and then the I am still worthy it's it's real and it's it's heavy i <laughs> it really is but then it balances out too with like the ether speech yeah you're right they do get a good bit of comedy in there with with fat thor and when they're bringing the gang back together and he shows up he's like wearing the sunglasses <laughs> just rolling in yeah kind of has like a big lebowski vibe going on just yeah, a little bit definitely all right number two no movement loki he would have dropped, but that moment with the Tesseract was just classic. Yeah. What did so you expect from Loki in 2012, especially? Exactly. So he said number two, which, like, looking at it now, I'm like, wow, Loki and Thor, number two and three. And, like, I just happened to watch Thor, which what was what spurred this whole idea. And I was like, oh, hey, I kind of liked watching that. And it, awesome. now at the end, it's like, look at them. They worked all their way to the top. They started it. We're having our own little arc here, Lucas. Yeah. my... Yeah. My own Iron Man moment. All right, number one, kind of obvious at this point if you've heard all the other names and you've been listening all season. She was previously number three. She not only finishes out the JLA top three here at number one, she is also an inductee, if you will, into the JLA Hall of Fame here. We got Black Widow entering the Hall of Fame. We got Steve entering the Hall of Fame. And we got Tony entering the Hall of Fame. Other Hall of Fame members are Loki, because always unclear if he's alive. <laughs> you never not. know if he's so alive. He got put in there a while ago. Uh, Killmonger, Heimdall, Yondu, Peggy, and Anthony. R.I.P. Anthony. Second to last place is still Doctor Strange. Yeah, he didn't really show up in this movie, do anything to improve his standing. No, no. And I mean, I disagree with still... the placement in principle, but uh, you know, it's your ranking, and he didn't really show up at all. Yeah, he's just a big jerk. He never became a nice person. It's true. May- hey, maybe maybe we'll see him in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, maybe we'll find a, a certain world or timeline where he's actually nice. But last place, we saw him this film, our main man, Sitwell, a.k.a. The Worst! The Worst! 
worst. The worst. He's the, he's the worst. <laughs> he's the worst, but he's also kind of the best. Lucas, one minute on the clock. Uh, man, we had so many notes. I think I think we hit all the all the interesting things, other than the sword. I briefly mentioned uh, Thanos's double-edged sword thing and. Scarlet Witch and Captain Marvel are the only ones that seem to be able to block it. In fact, Cap Shield gets cut in half by the by the sword. So uh, a lot of people have been speculating about what, why, why is it able to do that? What is it made of and stuff? And there's actually not a clear answer. Uh, n- nobody has, nobody from the show or nobody from the the movie making has uh, come forward. But the two leading theories are. One, that it was made by the Celestials uh, way back when, and obviously Thanos would be interested in an object of that kind of magnitude. Uh, but another another idea is that it is made in uh, Nedavellir by the giant dwarves that f- forged the Infinity Gauntlet, Mjolnir, and Stormbreaker. So it would make sense that a, a weapon of that tier would be made there. And so far, I mean, Stormbreaker and Thor's hammer haven't done damage to cap's shield but they kind of never really tried yeah they kind of they use it almost like to reverberate the effects yeah so unclear exactly why or or how that that goes down but that's the story that's the story and that is the end of our story here our main first act of this big story we will next week be watching you know the next mcu film and as mcu properties come out we'll kind of make judgment decisions on if we will return to this world, you know, certain TV shows, yes, certain TV shows, no, probably yes for every film for as long as we can keep this going. Especially but Black Widow, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. If you have any questions or feedback or Easter eggs that we missed that you just got to point out, send us an email to hello at begonia.fm or reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at perlustrationfm. You can also go to uh just like begonia.fm the website and you can find all of our podcasts there you can also find information on me the host and lucas himself uh you can also go to the merch tab and get some sweet t-shirts we even have a perlustration t-shirt there uh but for next week we will be watching the 2019 film spider-man far from home directed by john watts a big thanks to mammoth coolers for sponsoring this episode lucas Take us out. I love you 3000. just do like just let you like say like quotes for 30 seconds for the post credit scene <laughs> sure sure yeah he's pissed he thinks he failed which of course he did but you know there's a lot of that going around no amount of money ever bought a second of time so many stairs